Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I am your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today will be Seabass of WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. This episode is presented by Wellspire, Nashville's Learning and Development Center. Wellspire offers personal and professional development opportunities in a beautiful facility in the Gulch neighborhood. Stop by for an event with world-renowned speakers or host an off-site event that will wow your team or your clients. We also thank our co-sponsor, the Well Coffee House, which turns coffee into water and has a mission to bring clean water to the world. Today's news presented by Sutherland and Belk, an SEC sports-loving injury firm in Nashville. These guys will shoot you straight on your rights and options when you've been injured in an accident. Call them at 615-846-6200 to get your questions answered. You can also visit them online at sbinjurylaw.com. Well, Vanderbilt men's basketball made history in the wrong sort of way. On Wednesday night at Lexington's Rupp Arena, the Commodores lead Kentucky well into the second half, but fall by a score of 71-62. Dylan DeSue had a brilliant game for the Commodores, 13 points, 11 rebounds, and five blocks. Vanderbilt has now lost 25 straight SEC games in regular season play. That breaks a mark held by Swanee for 18 years and 27 in a row overall if you include conference tournament games. Today's guest line is presented by our friends at Bowling Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I love Bowling Branch's sheets. They are fair trade certified, which means they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them for a month. You can return them for free, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to BowlingBranch.com. That is spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code Vandy and get $50 off your first set of sheets. Seabass joins us from WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. How are you, my friend? Not that son of a, he owes me money. What are you doing, man? I'm doing good. What just happened? <laughs> I think I answered my own question. <laughs> I think you did. Woo, boy. It may be one of those today, Chris. Here we go. Hey, you're at least enjoying your sporting experience while we're doing this. Yeah, I'm watching my, my Liverpool boys. Up two to nothing with about 12, 13 minutes to go. Undefeated, my friend. Best team in the world. Hey, I'd, I at least have, you know what? My sporting, my sporting world hasn't been overly wonderful lately, uh, but Liverpool's keeping up their end and my Grizzlies. Oh, Chris Lee. Do you get a chance to watch much Grizz up there in, in the 615? I don't pay a lick of attention to the NBA. Well, you are missing out, sir, is all I can tell you. You know, I ain't saying nothing about watching the NBA, but one particular team in it, the Memphis Grizzlies, are as fun a team to watch as there is in the league. John Morant is otherworldly. I've never, he is the most exciting player to come to the NBA in a long time, for, in my opinion. He's very good. He's very good. You know, no, you know, Broccoli Casserole is very good. Uh, that guy right there is a whole nother kind of special right there. Now, what were you saying about my pods? I saw your Padres defrauded someone again. Uh, who'd we do this time? The uh, Brewers. Oh, from a couple of months ago? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, the Trent Grisham trade. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, the oh, we talking about Urias with the with the with the was it a wrist? I think or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. First of all, I don't appreciate the accusation that we defrauded somebody. Uh, yeah, I mean there may have been some things withheld from uh, Boston back in the day, but uh, caveat emptor is what that was. What I heard. Do your homework. AJ Preller is such a man of integrity. Love that guy. He's man after my own heart. All right, what do we talk about today? Huh, you know what? <laughs> you're the you're the man with all the scoops. I, I follow. I, I'm I'm pretty sure I can hang with wherever you want to head. Uh, but uh, this is your world, baby. I listened to the Georgia show. I thought you did really well. That was a tough one. Um, I mean, I just answered the questions as asked. That had to be the most depressing interview ever. Yeah, but that's that's what we do now. I mean, that's where we are. That what is kind of what we, we do. What else are you going to say? Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to say? It's great. <laughs> People have you locked up in a mental institution. You start saying something like that. I just keep waiting for what comes next. What do you think that is? If you had to guess, the very next thing. Well, the next thing is signing day. That's the next thing. Well, I'll look at it like this. Vanderbilt always sort of operates in what is called a, or what somebody described to me as sort of a black box. So you're never quite sure what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. But it's gotten awfully quiet over there. Whatever communications I have gotten on facilities seem more to tamp down expectations than to encourage them. Now, look. Is there a world in and you've which you've been straight up lied to, man? If, if that's the case, man, all these people in their talk, if that's the case, man, just I, I'm through with them. Well, hold on a minute, okay? I think Vanderbilt's biggest problem is it is scared of its own shadow. Like, they are scared of their own people, they are scared of what their own faculty are going to say, and that kind of nonsense, which. To me, that's solved with leadership, and I know that's not easy, but I think you tell some of those people, you know, just take your opinion and go elsewhere. If you In what sense? What do you mean? What well, do you mean wait that, a minute. They, wait they, a they minute. They fear their faculty. I, I think they do. I think that they've got a faculty that is, in a lot of cases, out of touch. They don't live in the real world. They don't want sports to be powerful. They're against it. I've Who talk- cares what they want? They're well, employees, Chris. It doesn't matter what they want. Well, I'm getting- let them go. Let them go teach at Tennessee Tech. I'm getting there. Okay, that's what I'm sure. saying. I'm saying you have leadership. You tell those people, like it or not, sports are part of the world here. If you don't like it, find another school to go to. If you want to mess in their business, then you know what we'll start doing. We'll start letting the coaches of our sports teams pick your department chairs and that sort of thing. That's what I tell them if I'm running the school. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. And look, there's there's a lot of layers to this, okay? And there's a lot of possibilities. I'm not telling you that's what is happening. I know with Vanderbilt it's a possibility. And right now there's probably not many people that know the truth about all this, okay? Right, I do have right, several things that I'll get into. I have some things that I wrote Monday. Those things were written for a reason. You've seen them. A lot of Which- people have. But By the way, let me say this. Your first okay. episode of the, what, what do you call it? Your Monday morning musings or something like that? Yeah. Uh, loved it. Loved it. And my goodness, the response. Holy cow, man. Keep cranking those out. 
yeah, that may be the most visited and responded to thread on our board ever. And that's, I want to be careful about setting expectations. I'll be honest, I'm not going to deliver like that most Mondays, but that's some stuff that's been sort of in my thoughts for weeks. And you kind of hold things in case there's a story. And I'm like, somebody said something. I was like, I need to find a better way to kind of tell people what I'm thinking about rather than just holding stuff for a story that maybe materializes later or maybe it doesn't. Because I think people are interested in what you're thinking about and what things you're following. I mean, it's clear they are by the response to that thread, but there's also a danger to that. You don't want to be irresponsible. You don't want to overshoot with anything you say. Um, when you say stuff, it's going to lead to more questions. you got to be careful where that goes. I mean, that was something that I put together. You know, first of all, I spent my week making the phone calls for that story. Second of all, I read that thing word for word to about three people that gave me good info on that. And like some of them were like, Hey, I'd change this a little bit or I'd change that. But for the most part, the sources that I had that helped me on that have been some of the better ones I've had. Uh, And they'll tell me the truth. They'll tell me, I think you're overreaching or they'll tell me, Hey, here's the detail I gave you, but can you soften that up a little bit? Or can you, Instead of giving an amount, can you can you be more general so that somebody doesn't get burned here? It's that kind of thing. So I was very careful with that. Uh, but that's really what's been on my mind is where does this thing go next? And I don't think that the Turner-Vanderbilt relationship, well, I'll put it this way. I think that's a very underrated component of this because I'm thinking more along the line is how much capital does he have? at his own place that hired him. Because I know the spending really ticked people off. And I don't mean just at university. I think it did with his own department, too. So, let me say this. First of all, for the working class, what the first thing he told you is this was carefully crafted. And I can concur that. That is the case. That's the way Chris does his work. Uh, Secondly... You know, man, uh, it's hard for me, you know, because I don't understand. the. I I operate off of emotion. Chris is analytical um, with far more details than I would ever be able to come up with. Um, But in in this whole scenario, Chris, as you you look at this way, everything is is playing out right now. it's hard for me, and I, I think maybe, and I can't speak for other people, but it's hard for me because I don't really know, understand in how they work to listen to Vanderbilt talk about all the money they don't have and the money they can't get when now, and again, admittedly, I don't understand how this works. So maybe you can expound a little bit if you know. Um, this this school has more money than any school in the conference in its endowment. There's nobody that has more money than Vanderbilt in its endowment. Oh, uh, what about, about Texas a and I've looked at all 14. It's okay. all 14. Okay, I thought Texas a and had more money, but maybe not as much per capita. Could be wrong. You know, I'll go back and check that, but I, I went and looked at it, and I, they had the most money. And let's just say Texas A&M does have more money. Okay. But that still means that you'd have more money than everybody else in the conference. But all I hear is, we have no money. I can't figure out. We don't have any money. 
Well, how do these, and I get those are state funded schools. I get all that. And it's the only private school, but how is it that we ain't got no money for nothing? Athletically, that is, we don't have any money. You know, I heard you talking about spending a quarter million for this and then it's, it's lavish. I get that, but that's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. This, this school has an endowment of just under what? $5 billion. And all I hear about is the money we don't have. Explain. Okay, there are two different arguments. One of them I'm completely on your side about. Vanderbilt always has money at its disposal that it could get to athletics if that were a university priority. Um, They have been guilty of selective poverty over and over again. They've been doing this for 60 years now. So you know I think that stuff is nonsense. And anytime you hear we are a university first, then that's when you need to start panicking. Because that is always the cover they're going to use. But the thing I've said, it doesn't stop them from spending money elaborately on other things. I mean, (laughs) if if I'm getting blowback from somebody in my faculty or a leader on campus within academia there, and I'm getting complaints about that, I'm like, you know, you're right. This is a university first. I think we're paying you a little bit too much. We're going to cut your salary by maybe 50% next year because this is really about our students. And thank you for clearing this up and have a nice day. Right. And, and by the way, before you go any further, I just did some checking, and you are correct. A and M is number one. Vanderbilt is number two. And when I say they're number two, they're number two by a long, long way, almost $3 billion more than the third being the University of Florida. Yeah. Now, look, before I say anything else about Vanderbilt and the athletic end, I do admire a lot of things it does. I do look at some of the other schools. I look at the Penn States, the Ohio States. The Florida's a places like that where things get out of control and you get an Aaron Hernandez or a Sandusky. So I'm not by any stretch suggesting that athletics gets that much control over things. Uh, mm-hmm. But this, I mean, we've had this podcast a million times. It's ridiculous. I'm not saying that. I just think that it, it's all about they're going to have to start having somebody in leadership who will stand up to their own. And say, so you go mind your own business, okay? We're a university. We've got an athletics program that brings in a ton of revenue. The baseball program that Tim Corbin is running is bringing great publicity to our school. There's almost no downside to what he's doing at all. We're winning. We're graduating kids. We're putting people in the world who are visible. That's what we want to be. And that's what we're going to commit to. We're not going to be extravagant about it. We're just going to do the things that we need to do to be competitive. And that's where I don't know that anybody has done a really good job, whether either it's never been tried or nobody's been effective at it. And I think that's where they've got to get. They've got to stop being scared of their own shadow. What drives me crazy about Vanderbilt is they act like they're a victim of their <laughs> of themselves without even realizing, like, well, we can't do that because we can't sell it to such. I'm like, you write that guy's paycheck. And that statement right there alone, that last statement you just made right there alone at the end of the day, that, to me, that seals. I, that trumps everything else. But yet here I am. Here we are. Somebody a few years ago 
suggested <laughs> that Kevin Stallings be Vanderbilt's next AD. And that, that's... <laughs> Man. But now I'm, I'm imagining this alternate universe where Kevin comes in and yells at people and throws basketballs and... um. <laughs> and tells people to sit down and shut up, and may, maybe Kevin Stallings is what they need. Uh, but you would never have to wonder where he was, now would you? Oh, you would not. You would know where he was at all times. Uh, the result might be not much bit better, be very different, but maybe not much better. But but yeah, man. So uh, any since in the last seven days since we've done this, any light at the end of the tunnel? It's, Here, does anything new in regards to this? I don't know. I think on the optimistic end, you could say that they're holding this private. They've got some good announcements that they need to keep those secret because all the stuff I just went through. And it might be easier to execute something like that if it's further down the line. But that's not the sense I'm getting. Again, this is not reporting. This is you just asking me opinion. And well, when there's a lot, when there's a lot of questioning of whether he's the guy for the job, uh, which is what I've gotten a lot of hearing, I do not know whether that's fair or not. I don't know if that is. Oh, look, he has left people ammunition to criticize him because of spending that, frankly, is wasteful, and a lot of it I don't think can be defended. Right. And when you've got a narrow tightrope to walk at Vanderbilt, you got to have all the capital politically that you can have. And I wonder how much that's going to hurt him. Because if if he is spending money on stuff that is superfluous, and I promise you some of this is, then when you go to a board and ask for hundreds of millions for XYZ, how do you think that request is going to go over? So, again, that's not to invalidate any of the stuff that we've said about Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt will find an excuse anytime it can. But you've that's also got to be smart about how you do stuff, and I don't think he has been. I, and I, I'll accept that if that's the case. I'll accept that. But you know what? I, I think it's the, the, the other thing that I think you're kind of intimating right there is even if he hadn't done that, the answer is going to be the same. Well, you that's. Believe, Rob, do you believe that it's not? Do you believe if he hadn't done A or B that the things that we're talking about here would happen? Because I don't. Look, it would be very easy for me to say yes. Okay, and and that may be one hundred percent the truth. I don't think Vanderbilt deserves much benefit yeah. of the doubt. But you look at what he did immediately. He came in. Now I think the stuff with Stackhouse and his staff was ridiculous. But he did appear to have the hammer for a while. I mean, he got to go ahead on Bryce Drew and make that decision. He got to do turf right away. Obviously, there were some uses for the money that could be justified, and there was the perception for a while that he had the power and had those things, and at least for a few months, the stuff that had been promised. What I'm saying to you is I don't have enough evidence to know. Well, first of all, I don't have enough evidence to know what's happening next, first of all. But let's just play the hypothetical you've dealt me. I don't know if if that's what he happened where he wrote at his own political capital, if it was something that was going to happen anyway, or if it was something that was going to happen 
if he were more careful with where he spent money. Does that make sense? And again, we are, we are completely talking yeah, hypotheticals, but I'm trying to figure out what's going on and look ahead. And, and yes, we're dealing completely in hypotheticals, but I mean, I can't imagine many people believe, listening that would believe that if it had gone, is that things go down a different way and he, he, he does everything as he's supposed to be and had to spend a penny uh, that, that you're going to get what you want at the end of the day. I don't think anybody listening believes that not by now. No, nobody you will know? believe it. And, I don't expect way, him to. And, 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 you know, for those things that the Vanderbilt fan fan base is, is, is a whining lot. Let me tell you, so if there's, it's a miracle. There's one left, but there's not a fan base in America of any institution that would, that would be better off if they were dealing with the same exact stuff that we're dealing with right now, we're trying to claw our way out of it. But the problem is, is we're not getting, we're not getting a life preserver. You know, they're, they're throwing us a bag of Skittles. We, 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 we need, we need something to hold on to. I need something. And by the way, and the basketball is very important. Don't get me wrong, but this is the sec. You're going to be judged on what you do football wise. I mean, if he does some nice things in basketball, we give him an opportunity. You know, we'll certainly love that and, and, and run with it. But, I mean, this is the SEC, Chris. It's the South. I don't care if you don't care about it. This is what you'll be judged by. And if we don't do something soon, you know, I, I, look, I've, always, I've almost come to blows with people that, that have always given me this, y'all should leave the SEC crap. It's the stupidest thing, and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. But, I mean, we got to start carrying our weight. And I'm not talking about wins and losses because you get beat by somebody. I'm talking about the willingness on your own to put your best foot forward in all facets. You know, from the hiring to the facilities, everything that you could possibly do. And to backtrack for just one second to those in academia, which I love and respect, I really do. But if, if you are a, a, a hindrance in any way to the athletics side of things because you yourself have the opinion that they have no place, then as Chris said in, in that situation, you can, you know, hey, uh, they're probably hiring at ETSU. Because here's what you need to know. I promise you, at the end of the day, your colleagues in, in, in other locations like Northwestern and Stanford and the Ivy League, by the way, if you think they don't think that athletics plays an important role in the university experience, then you're stupid. You're the smartest. You're the stupidest smart person I've ever heard of. It's a massive part of, of everything involved there. You think Stanford doesn't take pride in its athletics? Do you think that they're walking around talking about, man, look what it has done. Look at the repu our, our reputation is tarnished. We can't be taken serious in academia because we have a good water polo team and we take, we care about football uh, and basketball and baseball and all these other things. No. So what makes you, so special and so different, and you are so right that just you exclusively are right about this. And athletics is the scourge of athlete, uh, academia's existence. I need some. I need somebody on that end to explain that to a a, a simpleton, a, a little philistine like me. You and I were do are doing this podcast on Wednesday afternoon. This morning in the mailbag, I got a question directed to Willie Donick about if you had the chance to do the soccer offer again, where John Ingram basically offered them to be a co-tenant of the soccer stadium, which, by the way, would have been really well done. Would you do that over again? 
And my answer is yes, because at least you had something guaranteed there. And now God only knows what. Well, I mean, it's hard to answer that question because now, now, again, not too long ago, we thought there was a chance within the next couple of years that there might be a new football stadium. I, I mean, I haven't heard it. It said that is not happening, but the inference is that that is not happening. Um, you know, and, and again, it wouldn't have to be a brand new stadium, a massive overhaul. Yes, wouldn't have to be a brand new stadium. I'd rather have one, but at this point, what would we have to lose? If, if you have to, if I have to answer that question, sure. Oh no, we'll leave it, take it off campus. We're doomed. Oh yeah. I mean, are you going to these games? What's the difference? You you know, at at, at this point we have, when you got nothing, what's that song lyric says, when you got nothing, you've got nothing to lose. We've got nothing, you know, (laughs) so we've got nothing to lose. Here's a thought I had the other day. I can't believe this had never occurred to me. You know how the NCA has paid attendance requirements? For staying right. in Division One, I, I think you've got to average 15,000. Yeah. I don't know what the yeah. threshold 15, is. 000, I think. think about this for a minute. If it weren't for visiting fans, they might get pushed out of I – don't, I don't mean to laugh at this. It's just crazy that this is the case. They might get pushed out of the, the FBS if, if not for visiting fans right now. And they deserve it. And not not the kids. Not 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 those great kids who bust their tails, you know. Uh, but but those people that are sitting back and hoping that happens, you know. Oh man, I, I'm telling you, Chris. I, there's very little that gets me angrier uh, than those people. Now I don't know their names, but I can I visualize them every day, and I see what it's turned our. our I see what it's turned us into, and the and the and the Vanderbilt experience, you know, as far as a fan goes, it's. I mean, we uh, there is an argument that we are the worst Power Five basketball and football team all at the same time. That should be almost impossible to do. Is there an argument? Um, yes, there's an argument. We're, um, I mean, I don't know that we're the. I don't think we're the worst Power Five team. We're right there at it. But in, in regards to football and basketball, I don't see how we couldn't be. Uh, Football, I mean, maybe there's 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 one or two, but even they, I mean, if you want to say Kansas, they, there's all kinds of things to be excited about if you're Kansas. Rutgers, there's things to be excited about if you're Rutgers. I don't know what we're what we're you know what 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 are we betting on? What are we hedging our bets on football wise? Except the fact that I really like some of these assistant coach hires and some of the young talent coming in. Other than that, I mean, just from from everything else standpoint, we're at the very bottom. And it seems like, well, the weirdest thing about it all is it seems like that's right where we want to be. That freaks me out. Okay, I looked at Sagarin's during the season, and I looked at it in the season. I'm almost certain that the only Power 5 team worse in the Sagarin's than Vandy was Rutgers, and Rutgers just changed coaches to Greg Schiano. I'm looking right now at the Pomeroy ratings and I'm trying to see if there's anybody in the Power Five behind Vanderbilt. I am not seeing it. Vandy is 183, and 
Next worst. Let's see. Cal in the Pac-12 is 178. So Cal's close. But right now it appears Vanderbilt is the worst of the Power 5 teams in basketball, according to Ken Pomeroy. Oh, <laughs> oh that's tough. That, that is tough. Uh, and football right there at the bottom as well. I, I mean, you seriously, Chris, I mean, you think about it. Even when, you know, you've had some teams that have been notoriously bad in a sport, generally they're either pretty good or acceptable in the other sport. You know, take Northwestern. Even when their basketball is terrible, football team was pretty good. Duke, basketball team's great, football team was terrible. That's not the case. Now they're not terrible anymore. Uh, you know, Kansas, look at Kansas. I mean, you know, They've had a terrible football program. Their basketball program's amazing. It, it's very rare to find somebody at the bottom of the barrel uh, on both ends. And the weirdest part about it all is, if you break it down and think about it, how many schools out there offer an opportunity like Vanderbilt does for an act, for, for an for an education? Do you, you mean that literally? Well, no, yeah, I do. Like opportunity, listen, Vanderbilt. Yeah. Because think about this for a second. I mean, you're talking about, and it's not anything anybody does know, but you're in one of the hottest growing cities in America. Always something to do. Uh, beautiful campus, top flight education, Southeastern Conference, television exposure, and on and on and on. And you are in the bottom of the barrel in the two biggest sports that matter to everybody. You shouldn't be able to do that even if you were trying to. I had lunch with somebody the other day. Um, who knows what goes on over there. And he just said, you know, I'm afraid, because we're having this kind of the same conversation. He said, I'm afraid 50 years from now, people are going to be sitting down having the same conversation. I think it'll get sunk before it (laughs) gets to 50 more years of that. Because, look, I mean, our fan base of what we had left has been reduced to rubble. Fifty here, another fifty years like this? <laughs> no, man. You know they'll be playing in a Hattie B's parking lot. Uh, no, I. No, that's. It, I'm not saying it's coming to a head one way or the other, but I mean, because look, here's one thing. I mean, remember when you walked out of the stadium from the the Wake Forest game several years ago? Yeah. All you could envision was what misery, right? This, we're, we're just, we, we can never get out of the word quicksand. We can never get out of this. Well, we did. And some really good stuff happened. Now, we ended right back up in it, maybe even worse. Uh, but it's not going to last forever. I don't know what's coming. I don't know who's going to lead that, ca- that, 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 that cavalry charge. I don't. I just, there's no way it stays like this. It just can't. I didn't feel and that, I that, I didn't feel that way at the time. And maybe I was just really naive then, but I thought that they had a chance to make things better. And why should the SEC give this 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 school free money? They're not pulling the weight athletically. You have a job. Look, that money. You, you know what? There, you're out there. You're competing, but that comes with a charge in my mind. Your charge is to put your best foot forward, and when you do, we're going to reap some great benefits, and we all work here together, but you are simply not pulling your weight. We show you on TV, and we've got to put the camera down on the lower level because we don't want to show it, and really, when we don't do that, the only thing we can talk about is look at all the fans of the other team or look at all these empty seats if we're playing 
somebody less, outside of the conference uh, that's less than stellar and that no one's at the game. You know, I'm, I'm so that's not doing your, you, you, you lied to us. You know, I, well, I don't know if they lied to them. That probably isn't the right way to put it, but you're not holding your end of the bargain up. And that's a lot different from some idiot fan base, uh, some idiot UT fan talking about you're offering to leave the conference, you know, and, and put Florida state in here or something like that. That's, that's a completely different argument. I mean, you, the truth is you're not doing your part. And, and I, I, I I just want to bang my head against the wall. I just, I just want to walk into Nashville, walk into whoever's office because I don't even know where to go, who to, who I'm looking for, and say, how do you not see the bigger picture? Okay, two things. On the SEC, I don't know that Greg Sankey is a guy that's got the guts to sit down and dictate stuff to Vanderbilt, or even if he even wants to do that. So that's one. Number two, and this is – What do you mean guts? What do you mean by guts? Well, I mean, what's Greg Sankey going to do? Come in and tell a charter member what to do? He just doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. What does he got to lose? Walk in the door, get your fat ass off the ground, and do your job. Do your part that the other 13 teams are doing. Do your part or get out. It's that simple. We're a train moving forward, and you have the emergency brake on. Number two... And this is a very pessimistic take, but I've always wondered if it's not kind of a convenient relationship. I mean, look around the SEC. You've got Will Wade is still employed at LSU. Right. There are kids that are going to sign with schools a couple weeks from now that I promise you will make more money this year than I will. Guaranteed. 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 I know a few specifics on that, but. It's kind of a relationship where the SEC can always kind of have Vanderbilt around to say, hey, wait a minute, they graduate players and they got a national title in baseball and uh, they win in tennis and golf and stuff like that, so we're all good here. Right. But who are they telling that to? Who are they, who are they having that conversation with? Like I said, it's a theory, Okay. Because well, I, mean, I know, but I hear people say that all the time. But well, but my question is, but hang on a minute. To? When when you hear cheating as conferences, what's the name that comes up the most often? That has to be us. Bingo. That's what I'm getting at. And you think we all? But, but again, who are you talking to? What? Uh, this is just two dudes talking out loud. No, I know, but I mean, what I'm saying is, you know, because people say the same thing that you're saying right now. I've heard it a million times. But my question is, uh, who do you have to prove anything to? If they don't like it, that's their problem. Because last I checked, all they're trying to do is catch up and 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 dethrone you. They would switch places with you in a minute, in a minute. So I mean, you know, to me, you know, the fact that we offer. I guess if you want to call it academic validity, SEC's not worried about that. The SEC's worried about winning championships and games. That's their business, and business is great. We could be replaced tomorrow. They wouldn't blink, would not blink. I don't care if we're a charter member, wouldn't blink. 
I wouldn't. Why? And yet, this has been going on for sixty years with the yeah no so. So there's got to be some explanation. I mean, am, am I totally crazy to think that's got something to do with it? How else do you explain it? No. Because you say they could just no, kick I, them out, and yet they haven't. No, I don't think that you're crazy. Seb, I'm saying I, I think it's – let's just say that you're right. My question is, who is that conversation with? Because they don't owe anybody anything. They don't. They, they're the big dogs on the block and they know it. And like I told you, they know that every one of, I, I promise you this, I guarantee you this with everything I've got. And you think I'm wrong. You're crazy. The big 10 would sacrifice Northwestern today if they thought it would help them in the bigger picture today, <laughs> the ACC would do the same to Duke. And on and on and Scooby Dooby Doo. If they they thought it was good business wise, because am I making money as a conference because Vanderbilt offers me academic integrity? I don't know. Which, I don't. By the way, it's not the only good school in the SEC. They're not. Let's not kid ourselves. We're the best, but it's not like every school in this conference is, you know, them folks to the left of us. Are you ready for the mailbag? Yay! <laughs> the mailbag is sponsored by Vanderbilt Fan and independent insurance agent Josh Minton of Brentwood. If you need home, auto, motorcycle, renters, landlord, life, or commercial insurance, Josh is the guy to contact. Call him at 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him on Facebook at J.D. Minton HQ. He's my insurance agent. Give him a shot. I think you will love the service that Josh can give you. Diehard VU fan says, since Aaron Neesmith's injury, Vanderbilt has lost its games by an average of 20.2 points. Neesmith averaged 23 points. What do you think the record would be if Vanderbilt still has Neesmith and Cleavon Brown in the lineup and adds a parenthesis, Brown was averaging 9 and 6 tonight? Man, that's a great question, Chris. And don't think I hadn't been kind of – thinking the same thing and I'm sure you have and a lot of Vanderbilt fans you know would this streak be over with if if we had Cleavon Brown and 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 of course the NCC's leading score and uh you know I think it would I I I think it would I I don't know how many they would have won how much different uh, the record would have been but they were look man for one we've been playing without Cleavon and you know, I'm thinking about Cleavon if, you know, the, the Auburn game if Cleavon's there, the SMU game if Cleavon's there, uh, a couple of the other games where we've battled afterwards, after Aaron went down, where we battled for the first half and it looked like we could hang, but in the second half we just fall apart because we don't have scoring options or depth at all. Uh, that's a great question. I've been thinking about the same thing myself. And the only thing that I can come up with is I think this streak would have been broken by now. Maybe it's just one win, but I think they would have found a way to, to win. Cause I think play wise, I think they were twin, uh, trending in the right direction. And that was without Cleavon. You add both of those and I think they're winning some games. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I think they've got a win or maybe two. I mean, the Alabama game seems to be one that was kind of there for the taking because Alabama turned it over 25 times, and that was an 11-point game before Stackhouse got a technical late. Now, look, if Alabama's got Neesmith, or if Vanderbilt has Neesmith and Brown, maybe Alabama takes that game a little bit more seriously and it pans out differently. But I think that one, 
You know, Tennessee, that game was 21 to 20 at half. It got away from them late. Is and these are all getting away from them late. Is they don't have depth. I mean, I saw a team that could have won a game or two in there, and that sounds crazy when it's a 20 point difference. But the point is, is everything plays out uh, completely differently with your full lineup on the floor. Uh, and by the way, this message brought to you by, by Bryce True. <laughs> nice. Nice. What else you got, Big Daddy? The Superior says, what did you do tailgating, et cetera, for that Vanderbilt Cincinnati Liberty Bowl a few years ago? And what do you remember about that experience? Oh, man. Golly, Bill. Uh, I, <laughs> I remember a bunch about that experience. Thanks for the question. Um, because I did not get to go to the Music City Bowl, when we played Boston College was at 2008, Chris. I think that's when that was. Yep. Um, so I went to the Cincinnati game. So it was my very first Vanderbilt bowl game. And uh, tailgate wise, oh, Mr. Bean says hi, Chris. He's saying, what's up to you? Uh, so a couple things here. Uh, I, I tailgated with, uh, I, I brought about four or five of my friends. And, uh, from Jackson and, and from the, from the Memphis area. And, uh, we, we tailgated there at, at the stadium. And I remember seeing a sea of Vanderbilt fans on the other side. The stadium was almost sold out and, and the, the Commodore showed up, man. It was so awesome to see. Uh, but my boy, Harold Grader pulled a, a, a funny on me, pulled a trick, pulled, pulled a trick on me. Uh, I, I called him up and asked him for a, for a couple of tickets. And he said, yeah, I got you. And he hooked it up. Oh, he hooked it up. All right. Uh, he, he, he gave me tickets in the Cincinnati players family section. So I'm sitting there with three or four of my friends and we're decked out in black and gold. And we're completely surrounded by Cincinnati fans and not just Cincinnati fans, but the parents of the players, you know, but they, they were great. Uh, they were great. And I talked to them the whole game and, you know, they asked, we talked about what I did in the show and all this other stuff. And, 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 and that's when, you know, if you remember Chris, uh, Butch Jones was still the head coach there and they, as and I, I remember talking to them, you know, cause I asked them, I said, you know, you know, we were having a conversation with it and, and, you know, well, what would you think about losing Brian Kelly? And honestly, Chris, I'm not lying to you to a parent. They were saying, uh, man, Kelly was fine, but we love Butch Jones and these players love playing for him. And they loved it. They loved him, Chris. Uh, and that's something that stuck with me. And I know we ended up losing that game, uh, but just being set in the, in the Cincinnati family section and just having those conversations about what they thought about Butch Jones uh, is something I'll always remember. I had a great time. It's a cool question. Appreciate it. I want to take a spinoff from that based on the way you ended that. Okay. Do you think if Butch Jones – well, let me, let me start this differently. Do you think that circus atmosphere just made Butch Jones go crazy? Because you look at – you hear stuff like that, you look at the way he got started there. I mean, that is a crazy animal atmosphere in Knoxville. They just eat anything alive when they set their mind to it. And I wonder, like, under different circumstances where it's not like that, if his career goes a little differently. 
Yeah, I, I, I think there's there. I mean, you know, I mean, he he did well at what was it, Central Michigan, uh, I think, and, and it certainly did well at, at Cincinnati. And again, listening to people talk about him, the player. I mean, look, the parents are going to tell you the truth, right? The parents of those players are going to tell you the truth. I mean, they had no skin, no, had no reason to lie to me, whatsoever. And they thought he was a fantastic coach, and and the bitch, bitch did a good job at Cincinnati. You know, I mean, it is what you're saying right there is is very possible because you're right. That is the type of atmosphere. Now it's a it's a it's a bet big win big place. You know, I mean, if you go in there and you have a large amount of success. And, and you, you build it up because I mean, you know, if Jeremy Pruitt is close, uh, and he's stacking class on top of class, and they're starting to win games, meaningful games, you know, and and, and look like a pretty good team. Uh, it makes me nervous. I mean, I ain't put them up there at Alabama and LSU or anything like that yet, uh, but the East is available. The East is open, I think. And, you know, I think the atmosphere there has something to do with it. Yeah, I think that you could make that you, you could make that argument if, if Butch had gone to Missouri instead of Tennessee, what would what would his career look like right now? And if anything would be pure speculation uh, if I were to make it. But I mean, I think you could draw some conclusions that uh, that track might be a, at least a little bit more successful than the crazy turns it took in Knoxville. Because if you don't, if you don't, man, if you don't do it there, I mean, I, I will say this: I would never get behind that place. I, I just couldn't do it because of, because of the way the people are. Uh, but the way that I, one thing that I will say, they're not going to sit on their hands for mediocrity. They're not going to do it. You know, I don't. I would never want to have their type of behavior. But they will not sit around and just say, oh, whatever. It's not that big a deal or whatever. Or just say, well, this is just the way that it is. They'll raise seven shades of it as everyone should when you have people who won't, are not willing to do their job. But uh, yeah, you know, Butch probably could have had a, a, a different outcome at a different place. I think that's fair to ask. Well, and just to clarify, I have some of my best friends are big Tennessee fans and wonderful people. And they got a lot of them like that. I'm referring to the, ball twitter aspect and i don't think that really oh, needs explanation yeah, just to clarify i don't want to paint everybody with the broad brush but they've got look I, I know people in that media up there that are good people that just get eaten alive by that fan base for no reason so uh vandy fan 96 says with those still in the mix what would you like to see vanderbilt add in the upcoming class uh prospects that are still a possibility is that is, is that the question yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, man, I, I got to tell you, now I don't know if they'll end up getting them or not, but uh, I think I saw uh, uh, somebody say after, because I know that Sean updated the fact that uh, uh, Lad McConkey was uh, officially visiting Nashville yesterday, which was a surprise to me. Uh, and I think somebody said, man, I wish I hadn't watched that video. <laughs> because when we don't get him, it's going to hurt. Uh, man, that dude. Some have you have you seen? Have you pushed play on that, Chris? I have. The funniest thing in that thread, I thought this was a very underrated comment. Somebody said Ted Kane has finally found his quarterback. 
you, you know, I you do exactly what example. he meant too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, this thing, this, uh, this, 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 this Vanderbilt lot is. Uh, they're a witty bunch, man. But I, I think he's somebody that I would like to take a look at as as far as positions go. I mean, look, Chris, I mean, I've made no bones about it. I, I We need more running backs, Chris. We just, we just do. I, I'm sorry. You know, and, and again, I, I think Brooks will be fine. You know, I, I do. I think he's a, uh, I do. I think he's a Ralph Webb. Do I think he's, a, a red mamba, you know, guys like that. No, I don't. Uh, doesn't mean he can't be. Uh, but I mean, you had Jamari Wakefield who had one carry last year and got hurt, missed a year. Uh, they never used JV on Marlowe ever. And you got, so basically you've got one true freshman running back coming in lightly recruited, uh, a guy who had, who was the second team running back last year and had decent, he had decent opportunities. Um, one guy coming off an injury and somebody you never use. This team needs running backs, Chris. They, they got to be. I don't care who's coming in or what type of offense we're using. We have to be able to run the football. And at this point, is Brooks, and that's about it. Best I can tell, unless there's somebody I'm not thinking of that you know. Nope. You know, I mean, and, and so that's an issue, but I mean, I don't know how we're supposed to just pluck a running back uh, in the next seven days. Of course, you know, that's the funny thing about recruiting uh, signing day, you know, in those days leading up to, but sometimes you've never even heard of all of a sudden that the, this big time power five school, you know, is, is, is the place and maybe they're getting recruited over or whatever. And they become available at the 11th hour. And maybe there's a situation like that where that crops up, but uh, I would like to see another running back. Uh, I'd love to see Lad McConkey join this class if possible. Uh, I think that Ken Seals or Mike Wright or, or whoever our quarterback's going to be next year is going to need all the weapons that they can get. Uh, I would say an offensive lineman or two, and I would like to have that, but I, I think that needs to come in the form uh, of, of some grad transfers, you know, and then maybe go heavy on the O-line again next year's class or whatever. But I think this, this, you know, and I'm not talking about someone like a grad transfer like they brought in last year that was never going to be uh, a, a major factor uh, in the death. And I know that I think what what Chris, there's a, a Rutgers offensive lineman uh, that they're that they're kind of looking at. Uh, who his his position coach was is now the offensive lineman here at Vanderbilt, offensive line coach here at Vanderbilt. I think they need an offensive lineman or two that they can plug in and play right away. You know, and 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 other than that, there's just not a lot of names right there outside of some of the transfers that we looked at with seven days to go till signing day. Uh, by the way, a little offensive line coach tidbit. I think that Rosamundo, or however you say his name, will be an upgrade for them. Boy, the more I hear, Norcos just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Really. Yeah, I think there might have been more transfers out of the offensive line had he stayed. Mm, well, I mean, he left and we still lost our best one. But, I mean, that... Well, I think that was happening it. anyway. I think there right. was... No, I, I don't think that he and Norcross were best buds either. 
but I think that that one was probably going to happen anyway. And, you know, that, that's the thing about that. Let me say this, Chris. Now, I loved mine. He's my favorite coach of all time. Uh, I had a great relationship with him. I would have hit you right in the face if he told me to. Um, but, Chris, you don't have to like your coach. You don't have to like your position coach. But if he make you and, – and so I'm not overly concerned about that if he can make me a better player, if I see growth in that unit because a, a direct result of his coaching. If he can do that, I would rather – I like players' coaches better personally, but I, it's not it's, – it's, it's not requirement. I don't need, I don't even have to like you at all, but if you can make me a better, co- a better player, I'm down with that. Well, I think so. it's the whole Kevin Stallings, how is the message sent and received sort of thing. That's fair. That, that's very fair. Last one, Mr. Bass. This comes from Gold River. If you were going to choose a new college team to support, would you choose one that's an underdog and strictly follows the rules like Vanderbilt or a bigger program with a win-at-all-cost mentality? Man, I, fidelity means a whole lot to me, Chris. It really does. I'm, I don't jump around. <laughs> I just, I don't believe in it. Uh, but if I, so I'm, I'm getting a, a do over here. I'm getting a, uh, what's the, what, what's that movie? Uh, hall pass. I'm getting a hall pass here. Yeah. You know, Chris. Okay. I get a, I'll, thank you gold river for the question. By the way, keep these mailbag questions coming. Y'all are great. Um, Full disclosure, Chris, if I'm totally honest, I wouldn't put myself through this again. You know, I'm not going anywhere, but I'm 47 now, Chris. If I picked another team, if I had another team, there is another team that I do like. uh, And it's my home state uh, that I've always liked. And it it would be Texas. Uh, If I, if I were to be another fan of a team, it would be Texas. Um, But if I could just wipe – look, I, my allegiance will all be to, always be to Vanderbilt. But if, if, I, if you would tell me that the next 47 years would be just like this from their end and some of the failures that we have would be because of their incompetence, I wouldn't put myself through it again. I, I wouldn't do it. I would just be a, te- a Texas fan. But I, now, having said that, like I said, I'm not going anywhere. It's too late for me. <laughs> I know that sounds like I'm a morbid way to put it, but it's too late for me. I don't know how to love another team. I only know how to love Vanderbilt. And that's why, you know, when – because it matters that much to me, Chris. I'm not just some casual old, hey, I kind of like Vanderbilt. Uh, I mean – my, I, you know, since I'm five years old in, in Houston, I didn't know where it was. And when I was in high school, my room was decorated. My presents for Christmas and my birthday would be Vanderbilt stuff. I would wear it all to school and all this stuff. And I'd be the only one. There wouldn't be anybody else. And I'd be the only one. And, and, and the constant, why are you bother liking this sorry team and all this other stuff? And I'd go to battle for them. So that's why it makes me sick when they turn their back on me. And that's why you hear sometimes I, I say stuff that I probably shouldn't, but I can't help it uh, because it matters that much to me. You know, so when I, I think about a bunch of people that just scoff 
at people like me, and believe me, I'm not the only one. There's plenty of me's out there who love this school, who love these teams, who love the kids out there that play the sports that make it up. And uh, when they feel like they're being slighted, they tend to bite back, you know. And so I don't apologize for that. You know, I, I won't do that because Vanderbilt's given me very little when it when it comes to that. I feel, I feel like it's a one-sided relationship. Uh, but I love those kids that make up these programs and, and, and I always will. And I always love the name uh, of Vanderbilt and that's not ever going to stop. It's a great question. Uh, but no, I would not put through my, myself through this again. If I had a hall pass. Anything else before we end the show today? Hmm. Anything else? Yeah. I got a buddy. He lives in Paris, Tennessee. Great guy. You're never going to believe this. And maybe I told you about this before, but every night before he goes to bed, he takes a big cake mix bowl and pours about half a bowl of cereal in there. And it doesn't matter what the cereal is. It could be Apple Jacks. It could be Fruity Pebbles, Corn Smacks, whatever you want. Rice Krispies, no matter what it is, he douses it in Hershey's chocolate syrup and then pours milk in. (laughs) Does your friend have diabetes? (laughs) No, that's the thing about it. No, he's healthy as a horse, smokes two packs a day. And he's healthy. I I guess he's healthy as a horse. Uh, But sounds that way. Don't you find that odd though, to put in chocolate syrup, like in on Apple Jacks? That's not even the oddest thing I've heard this week. It's probably not the oddest thing I've said in, the, in this podcast. So there, there's that. But anyway, uh, that's that's going to wrap it up for all that I have. I got nothing left. Tell people where they can find you on air. Tell people where they can find you on Twitter. Man, you need to listen to my show. It's a good one. It's 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 101.5 in Jackson, Tennessee. And you can also find me at uh, Cheap Seats Bass at Cheap Seats Bass uh, on Twitter. There you go. Hey, in all sincerity, I kid you a lot. I started with the AJ Preller remark just to get you riled up a little bit and have some fun. But I appreciate you doing this. Not a lot of people would do this. Uh, You are a good and dear friend, and I know a lot of people love to hear your opinions, and I just felt like this was a great time to close by just putting that out there. I think people know you and I are are really good friends, Uh, but but just in case they don't know, I want to make that straight and just thank you again for all you do for us. Well, Chris, you're most welcome, and you're not getting my Bud Light. (laughs) And with that, we will end the show. I am Chris Lee, the host of the Vandy Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening. I think we will have one more with Tim Thompson later in the week. We may drop that before this, but probably not. In any case, thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, and we will have more episodes coming your way soon.